Welcome, welcome, welcome to Clatter Chatter on Things That Matter, the podcast that is intellectually engaging, theologically reflecting, encouraging sociologically, imagining ways in which we can live. Thank you for spending this short amount of time with us. We promise you that you will not regret a moment of it. Shout out to Trevor Smith and V.J. Herbert for commissioning this fantastic music to get our minds going on things eternal, positive, and fulfilling life's purposes. Dr. Hayes, we've made it to the first day of March. Happy birthday. I would tell the world how many trips around the sun, but nobody would believe because. Uh, no shame, no shame. No shame, no shame. Uh, thank you for spending your day with us today. Your 79th orbit. Thanks be to God. AJ, nothing but a number. Tell us the wisdom, how, how you get here. It, ageless. You just keep it moving. You just keep it moving, Dr. Cooper. That's all I, I can say. You just keep it moving. I hear you. It's fantastic. Well, we're going to keep it moving because we're in the third month of 2024, and I mean it came in like a lion. Isn't that what they say about March? If March comes in like a lion, well, this year came in like a lion. Lord have mercy. January came in ugly. We got uh, 10 feet of snow in the Sierra Nevada. Texas is burning up. All points in between. Um, Trump got to pay a half a billion dollars in fines. He ain't paying nothing. Um, they, Fonnie Willis is getting hurt again, whether or not she'll be on the case for this RICO charges. And then they're doing some crazy stuff in Alabama. I just don't know what the rest of this year is going to let us live through or navigate through. Groundhogs all over my hometown walking around like they are humans. It's a mess. Things are topsy-turvy, but there is hope. Give us some wisdom today, Doc. Yeah, there's a lot of goodness in the world that, that won't make the news because the news only covers bad things. And um, I hope that we keep that balance in mind that, that there's more going on in the world that we never see or hear about that I would, I would call good, good things, loving things, people helping each other. Um, over in Russia, we have people willing to risk their lives to go to a memorial service for one of their fallen leaders. Um, they've been threatened, and and even the mother of Navalny uh, was brave enough to go and ask for his body so that they could celebrate his life. And so there, there are a lot of good things that are going on um, in spite of some of the negativity, even um, President Joe Biden offered to team up with his 
his rival um, in order to get uh, a bill passed concerning um, the borders of America. So there's some there's some good things happening, and I hope that we can can celebrate them as well as bemoan the negativity that seeks to surround us in these days. So I, I just want to lean in because we we represent really two different generations, and we know that in this nation there are five generations that are part. I talked about this when I preached on Sunday. Um, but we've got five living generations that actually are in the workforce. We've got the silent generation that was born from 1920, I think, to 1945. Then we have the baby boomers. We have uh, my generation, Generation X. We have the millennials. We have Generation Z and then Generation Alpha. I believe those are five, five particular generations uh, Generation Alpha is not necessarily in the workforce, but certainly occupying space. So the silent generation, baby boomers, Generation Z, me, uh, the millennials, and Gen Z. So that's five. Five Gen Z are in the workforce right now, okay? Five occupying space. Alpha is coming along. Don't, don't get it twisted. They were born in 2012. So they, they coming. They growing fast. They coming along. But I, I think one of the things that I, I find amazingly interesting is this, and, and certainly you can share your, your wisdom. Um, th it seems like every other generation or every two generations seems to repeat itself. And I was reading something the other day that was quite amusing to me, that one of the things that we know for, for sure that is when we put up parameters and say what people can't do, that's the very thing that people will do. We'll do what you tell we can't do or won't do. So there has been a surging of book clubs, Dr. Hayes, that Generation Z are foregoing uh, a lot of things that maybe my generation, Generation Z is acting like Generation X, actually, because the millennial is sandwiched in between Generation X and Generation Z. So Generation Z are flocking to libraries, and they're reading books. Uh, Barnes & Noble and various places are setting up new tables where book clubs can gather. They're actually holding in their hand books to read. And I think it's amazing only because we had so much energy around book banning. And these young people are saying, oh, well, I tell you what, we're going we gonna to buy the books. Forgo the Kindles that everybody thought was going to be the, the new thing. I never could get with Kindles because my eyes were so bad, and I couldn't just let that glaring. So I got tons of books. I love the, the feel, the smell, the crispiness of the pages turning over. And I'm saying all that to say it's almost like um, the pendulum is swinging in a particular way. Um, Generation Z has come of age, and they're, they're honing in on this whole idea of righteousness and justice, which are characteristics of God, not necessarily about individualism, which I think was the gift of the millennials because that was thrust in their identity. The world is going to change when the millennials come. Now millennials got grandchildren. <laughs> you, you understand what I'm saying? You see how it's going? So I'm just curious uh, what you have seen through your generation. You've got, you've got progeny 
to the second generation from you. Um, and, and what can you impart in terms of wisdom? What do you see amongst your children and grandchildren? And, and what maybe can you infer of, of how this pendulum might swing again? Well, I, I, uh, my oldest grandson, uh, of course, is in the Air Force. He's an environmental engineer. And he's doing a lot to, to help people in situations. He and his wife both uh, work in that area. And they're do doing a lot um, to help people go through the challenges of, of the changing, changes in the environment. Um, and it's something that, that they are energetic about. It's something that they love to do. And I, I see that generation as being those who are willing to put aside all the ideologies and the fights over uh, what people shouldn't do to the freedom to do and to be uh, something great, something meaningful. And um, of course, my youngest grandson is about to enter high school and uh, he's of that technological age and he loves, you know, the iPad, uh, but he's also, he also loves learning and he has a lot of questions uh, about the future, a lot of concerns about what's going to happen um, with all the changes that are going on um, in the world and the environment. So I... I, I see them as, as wide awake. They're not like some of us. We slept through <laughs> a lot of things that were going on because we thought since we were doing okay that the, everything was all right with the world. But uh, we find that that's not necessarily true, that it does take some degree of activism, involvement, uh, willingness to make sacrifices in order for the world to be, to be that better place that it has the potential for being. Yeah, I, I, um, I was talking to my students the other day, um, and I was saying to them, and, and when you say we, I, I will, I will you know, always have to have some exceptions because I think it's, it's all individualized, maybe not a monolithic group. But I remember what, in the 1970s, I remember when, Maybe I was just too curious. And again, this I think Generation Z and Generation X are a lot alike because our, both of our generations, especially my generation, was right at the heels of the 1960s with the killing of, all, of, of, a, uni, uh, of a U.S. president and then all of those civil rights icons killed. And we had the uh, Vietnam War protest, et cetera. I was born at the end of those times, right? And so I grew up with this ethos of altruism. That was just what you did. Nothing was I was raised with. You don't get an education for yourself. You get it to educate a community. It wasn't about an economic step up on a ladder. It was really about serving a community. And so this whole giving back, uh, the greatest of them all can be the servant of them all, you know. To those who much is given, much is required, that kind of thing. Um, and so I remember, and this is why I tell all the young people, don't, don't sleep. 
Gulf Coast. And I remember when the first electric car in the 1970s was put forward. I think it was under Jimmy Carter's administration. I could actually see it uh, in my mind's eye. I remember it was like a white and an orange, little box something. Uh, it only went maybe 20 miles an hour. It was a prototype. But it came through under the uh, Jimmy Carter's administration, President Carter's administration. I remember that. I couldn't have been more than five, six years old in 1975, when he was the president. I remember that. And, and so I said, it, 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 and I remember um, when those emission standards changed. I remember going from regular gasoline to unleaded gasoline and, and how that was a big deal. And now the regular gasoline, there is this socialization that is regular unleaded, right? But I mean regular gasoline was regular gasoline. It had fully leaded, and it had all these emissions things. But I remember all of that, you know. I, I remember, and I said 50 years ago, in the 1970s, and this little box-shaped electric car, 50 years later, we have electric vehicles almost as a norm. And it took two generations to get there. So, so Generation X is living out, Generation Z is living out what Generation X saw as a possibility. And I'm just curious if any, I, I just wonder if we really go back. I'm so grateful for memory. You know, I'm so grateful for, because I can't take it for granted, the gift of remembering. Go ahead. I think I, 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 I'm, more of a, I'm more of a full circle um, generation that, that a lot of things that we experienced early in my life are coming back. Um, and as I, as I think back to when I made, my family made the transition from Omaha, Nebraska to Nashville, Tennessee, what a major shift that was. Uh, I didn't realize at the time how major it was, uh, but it was, it seemed like a good thing for our family. But it didn't. It didn't really turn out to be all that good. But it was at the end of my uh, high school years. I had uh, moved from um, a, a predominantly white high school in Omaha to to an all black high school in Nashville. I was happy to be in an all black high school. I didn't see it as. Uh, a minus, I saw it as a plus. And now, uh, the, my graduating class of 63 has has stayed together, kept up with each other, and now we maintain a little social outlet. We meet for lunch every other month or so. Um, but I'm coming to appreciate even more now what I had then, when I look at what our children go through, and now we're saying, well, maybe integration wasn't the best thing for us to be in a school where your, where, you know, black people were teaching you, and they 
cared about your 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 advancement, your education. Um, so those are the things that you as you as you go through the changes through generations, you will always find that you end up <laughs> in some in some way uh, back where it all started. That life is cyclical. And you cycle around. If you live long enough, you'll experience uh, that revisiting, that regeneration of some of the um, better things uh, that may have happened in the past. So you um, you you remind me of something that I learned uh, over the course of a few days, and it's this whole. Um, Fugitive pedagogy. This fugitive pedagogy is this idea that um, that the newly emancipated or the fugitive slave learned to read, maybe at the behest of their slave master, and then they ended up teaching others how to read and how to write, and and there was nothing wrong with it. I know out of my own family, the Cooper side of the family. The fugitive pedagogy is probably pretty much what 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 created the Cooper School and this whole six seven generations of college education, you know, in my in my in my family, and this whole idea that when integration happened, you know, Brown versus the Board of Education was really to turn on its head. Um, is it uh, Plessy versus Ferguson? This this the doctrine of segregation, separate but equal. And Brown versus the Board of Education was really about equity in educational opportunities. And we had, up until that court case of 1954, maybe even the early 1960s, communities filled with the quote-unquote black elite who had education, who who were principals, who were superintendents, who were attorneys, who were doctors, who were not just clergy who had access to educational opportunities. And, and we see that being sliced up with busing and with, um, uh, and, and so now the movement is this charter school or, or school choice. It's segregation by any other name, actually. <laughs> it's, it's, or the magnet schools or that sort of thing. And, and like you were saying, I'm intrigued by this whole full circle moment. And you say, you keep living long enough, you're going to see it come back around. Don't get rid of your clothes because they're going to come back fashionable again. You know, so you hold on to this, these moth-written stuff thinking it's going to come back, but it takes 25 years to cycle back around. I'm seeing bell bottoms are becoming popular now. Yep, <laughs> full circle. So the full circle moment for me, and the ultimate question is, is is a, is a new savior gonna be born, or are we the incarnation? How many more generations? I wonder what God did before. Will God do it again, or was it one and done? <laughs> I wonder. I think God will. God will break into our existence at a point in time. That only God knows what God's 
will see fit um, to present God's self all over again. And I think <clears throat> I think when we lose focus, when we lose track of the values that have been given to us from faithful people throughout the generations, sometimes um, we look for, for God to show up and set things right. And if we believe the, the, the biblical promise, that will happen, that is, that is scheduled to ha occur. Um, and that one day, which is what we all hope for, um, the reign of peace and justice will begin. And um, we won't have to experience uh, the antithesis of what is right and good. But we'll all be able to join together and live out that justice that Jesus uh, taught us about. But as for, as the scriptures say, as for the day and the hour, we do, we do not know. It just remains our hope. And um, we don't hope for what we already have, but we hope for uh, the promise to be fulfilled. And I, and I believe that it will. From your lips to God's ears, Dr. Hayes, again, happy birthday to you. And you. we'll see you again soon. All righty. Praise be to God for one more year. It has been a privilege, a pleasure, and an honor to have you join in with us today. Remember that everything will be all right until we meet again. Stay safe and well.